Hey, this is Regan Bach, Managing Partner at Better Faster Further. And I wanted to take a second to welcome you to the Better Faster Further podcast. Whether this is your first episode or if you've been with us since the beginning, we're so thankful that you're here. We know that time is limited and we truly appreciate each and every one of you and want to thank you for listening. Hey everyone, this is Adam Odosky. I'm part of the core team at Better Faster Further and co-host of the podcast. With every episode, we'll feature inspiring stories from bright business minds, accomplished athletes, and inspiring leaders. We'll provide insights, tools, and takeaways to help you expand your capacity. We'll also take it a step further and really try to uncover the deep, hard to reach, and often unexplored places of the human experience. Things like overcoming obstacles, failure, facing fears, pushing through the hard stuff, and ultimately highlighting the growth, opportunity, and lessons learned that comes from choosing the path less traveled. As a serial entrepreneur and now executive coach, ultra endurance athlete, and health coach, I know these discussions are worth their weight in gold. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Regan Bach, managing partner and co-founder of Better Faster Further. Back at it, doing another podcast with my colleague, Adam Odosky, who happens to be in Salida, Colorado. Adam, what's shaking, buddy? You know what, Regan? Fresh back from the Moab 240. So as we've talked about before, everything is better when you're not running a 200-mile race. Like the coffee tastes better, the bed's more comfortable, the sun shines brighter, the couch is more comfortable. So all the things. So I'm really enjoying that right now. How are you, man? We're doing fantastic. Sunny day here in Moran. Um, as Adam just alluded to, he just wrapped up his fourth 200-plus ultramarathon of the year. We recorded a podcast just earlier today articulating the trials and tribulations of that one. So we'll, we'll cut that one loose here pretty soon. Um, super excited to get that one out to folks, but um, thrilled to have you back. And uh, I'm sure it feels good to sleep in a bed after getting so little sleep on four or five night uh, outing in, in beautiful nature. You know, emergency bivvies just don't do the trick as far as getting a good night's rest. You know, like the rock on the spine is just, you know, not ideal, but super fun. Yeah. It's good to be back, Regan. I'm excited. We've got a lot going on at, at Better Faster Further, a lot of pretty exciting clients right now and a lot of meaningful work. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to be back and to dive in. Awesome. Well, we are uh, super stoked to have our, our guests, plural today, Almost all of our podcasts have been with a, a singular guest, and today we've got two, which will be cool to kind of add to the dynamic. First off, we have our friend and colleague, uh, Jeremy Zajan, uh, joining us for a second time. Jeremy was part of podcast number nine. Feels like early days in the, in the BFF uh, podcast realm, but um, super excited to have Jeremy back. He is the founder and president slash CEO of Running Water Coaching. Um, I've known Jeremy for coming up on 20 years. He and my wife were friends growing up. If anyone wants some dirt and to know where the skeletons are, feel free to reach out. I'll, I'll happily share those with you. But um, Jeremy, super excited to have you back on the podcast. Um, you know, say hi, tell people a little bit about yourself, and, and, and then we'll get on to our esteemed colleague and guest, Marcy. Right on. Well, well thank you, Regan and Adam. Uh, just like before, stoked to be here and uh, been following along with with you guys, uh, all the podcasts. There's just gem after gem after gem there. So the only reason uh, I hesitate to listen to your podcast sometimes is I know I'm going to be bringing the notebook out and writing a lot of notes, and then I'm going to feel guilty that I'm not doing all the things that I should and following all the lessons that are in there from all those minds. So 
But in all seriousness, thanks for what you guys are doing and, and thanks for having me me on here. Yeah, like as you said, Regan, I started running water coaching. That is my business and, and my job is to, of course, coach individuals mostly and uh, focus on a lot of entrepreneurs, kind of the whole human though. It always kicks into gear where a lot of the folks that I'm working with, although you know, business is front and center for them, right? Their owners, uh, founders, et cetera, leaders, very active right now with really ambitious professional endeavors, goals, projects, et cetera. Inevitably, what happens in all of my coaching is uh, there's some there's some real world, real life stuff there that sometimes it's what's happening with their design, their home life, their family, their physical environment. But more often than not, it comes down to how are they feeling, right? Their energy levels and their their physical, mental, emotional health. And so that ends up becoming a really big part of, of the coaching work that we do together. So, you know, ultimately, if they feel their best, they end up performing their best at work and at home and, and it really pays off. So we have a ton of fun doing that together, but, uh, but also, and connecting it back to today, the reason why we're here and who I'm joined with is I'm joined with a friend and colleague, Marcy Versola. We met in a really interesting way, actually through our, uh, through our kids at school, um, in an orchard is actually an apple orchard is, is where we met. We both actually moved from the Bay Area to the gold country of Northern California. We moved from the tiny little town of Fairfax in Marin County, somehow never met. And then it wasn't until we actually, our families moved out of the Bay Area until we met up in this area. So maybe, Marcy, I'll just kick it over to you to, to say a little bit about yourself and say hi, and we'll see if we get into that story any further. Sure. Hi. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here. My name is Marcy Versola, and I'm just really glad to be here with you all today. Reagan and Adam, thank you so much for inviting me and for inviting Jeremy and I to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And the story about how we met is crazy. My son came home from his first day of preschool and had made this best friend. And he talked about this best friend for, for weeks, about a month. And then actually around this time, a Halloween carnival, we put all the pieces together and it turns out that both of our families had moved from again this very small town in Marin County and um, and actually the crazier story was that my son had moved from a preschool in Marin that was a six child preschool like daycare in-home daycare and the only reason we were able to get a, a spot at that daycare was because Jeremy's family had left and and his son had left that preschool which is just wild so um you guys were like like parking spaces away from each other from meeting previously. Right? Yes, yeah, and so we think there there's something um, you know something meaningful about us finally having crossed paths. Like we were meant to meet before, but it didn't quite quite work out. And our families just really enjoy each other so much, and the kids remain you know playing soccer together and making friends and all that stuff. So it's it's really fun. And now working with Jeremy on a couple of collaborative projects has been really really awesome, and we're excited to share about that today and just have a really cool conversation. That's awesome. And well, Marcy, uh, A, thanks for joining. Excited to hear more and learn more. And thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Maybe I can give a little brief background on you from like the quote unquote professional bio, just to help situate our audience to kind of understand uh, that side of you. And then would love to hand the mic over to you and, uh, you know, 
give us the the behind the curtain view of of your personal life, your professional life, some of the trajectory and highs and lows, and you can take us on a bit of a journey there. But maybe we can just start by me kind of situating folks with some of the the, the background and professional side. So. Marcy is the founder and CEO of a company called Impact Table. You can find her on LinkedIn and probably some of the socials out there, and we'll share some of that in the in the show notes afterwards. But Marcy is a seasoned business leader with experience building uh, multiple multi-million dollar organizations and working with individuals at every stage in their personal and professional journeys. You know, this includes from uh, you know the most senior of leaders of billion-dollar companies to volunteer workers at brand new nonprofits. Um, she's got a passion for inspiring and engaging individuals, groups, and communities through experiences that transform. She leads with contagious enthusiasm and a deep commitment to people, purpose, and positivity. Um, as mentioned, she's the founder and CEO of the Impact Table, a community designed for mission-driven women leaders. Through the Impact Table, Marcy is on a mission to connect, support, and elevate women in the social good space because she believes that supported leaders and more diverse tables create more impactful organizations, healthier families, and thriving communities that build a better world. That resonates deeply with, with me and our mission, and I feel really strongly about the work that we do in these organizations really are transformative and kind of serve as like you know, uh, ripple effects into, into communities and society at large. And it's pretty cool. The amount of time people spend sleeping and at work is like a vast majority of our life. So if we can improve people's sleep and improve their workspace, we're, we're doing a good job. So Marcy's a, uh, a very uh, multi-passionate human and entrepreneur. And, and today she's, she's joining to talk about the, kind of the importance of having a clear vision and plan to support especially as we head into kind of the back part of the year in Q4 and with the end of the year right upon us, we'll, we'll learn more about like kind of why she's so passionate about doing this now, um, really beginning to make a plan to make a plan. And then the collaboration and partnership that she and Jeremy have with a really cool kind of event that's coming up. And, and hopefully it becomes a, an annual event or some sort of consistent theme there because they're doing some really cool stuff. So We'll get into that in, in just a bit. But Marcy, thanks so much for joining us, taking time out of your day. And we, we'd love to hear a little bit more about you and your personal and professional journey. Yeah, thank you, Regan. Thank you. And I just do want to say also that I, I've followed the podcast and, you know, you mentioned that mission alignment. And I think what you're doing at BFF is so aligned with just my personal mission and what I believe is, is so important in this world. And that really is elevating individuals to just be and live in their best selves. So thank you for inviting me to be in this conversation today. I'm thrilled to be with you and your audience. A little bit about me. I was born and I spent my early childhood in Hawaii. And I'm the great, great granddaughter of immigrants who are among the first ships from Puerto Rico and the Philippines to come to Hawaii to work in the sugarcane plantations. And I go that far back because I think it's important to acknowledge our lineage and acknowledge where we came from. And you know, I recently learned more about my lineage on my dad's side and that my abuelito would spend hours, long, long days in the fields earning 25 cents a day to support a family of 12 people. <laughs> like that's just wild. And when I learned that, you know, just really moved me like that. And then I did, I went to Google and I'm like, how much is that today? And that would be the equivalent of earning less than $50,000 a year to support a family of 12. So you can imagine <laughs> just 
what that was like. It's hard for me to imagine what that was like. But fast forward many generations, my mom moved my sister and I to California when I was five years old. And she really moved us in an effort to give my sister and I more opportunity. And, you know, that's that's what I received was um, more opportunity to really step out of that generational poverty and step into a life that um, that I have so far loved (laughs) and been able to have a really incredible opportunity. So, but when we landed in Marin County, you know, you're familiar with Marin. Marin is one of the wealthiest counties in the country. And when we moved, I remember I missed the ocean. I missed the sand. I missed the rain and the rainbows. And I was fascinated by the billboards in San Francisco. Like when we arrived at the airport, I remember my very young self being so fascinated by the, just the, vastness of everything and specifically the billboards. Like, why do they have billboards? Why do they have these giant signs on the side of the road? It was just really fascinating to me. And what's so interesting was that, you know, at the time we didn't have much, but it wasn't until we landed in Marin that I learned what not enoughness was. And it's what we had. We didn't have enough. And that feeling of not having not uh, not having enough became really deeply familiar. And I didn't understand why some people had a lot and some people had a little. And it was something I was really aware of from a very young age. And you know, from that time and as when I was a little girl, I also had this innate desire to make the world a better place. And I remember I wanted to save the rainforests. I wanted to help the hungry. I wanted to help those who are suffering. And I also really loved the Care Bears. I don't know if you guys ever watched the Care Bears, but the way that those Care Bears had this light that beamed from from their bellies um, and the way that they came together to help others who needed it, it just resonated with me from the age of I remember being three years old and I felt this kinship to those bears because I felt like I had that light too. And I was only three and I deeply remember this kinship that I felt with those bears. And, you know, sometimes it feels a little awkward to say it out loud, but the truth is like, I very much still feel that light today. And I think that that has formed a lot of my decisions and my path. And I was privileged to get a good education and a college degree. And when I stepped into the real world, I I knew one thing and I knew I wanted to work with passionate people. And somehow it came to me that the best place to find passionate people was in the nonprofit sector because I figured if these people were willing to do this work for not a lot of money, that they probably were passionate about what they were doing. So I stepped into the nonprofit sector and I had the opportunity to really grow quickly. You know, anyone who's starting in their career and really looking for a place to take on a lot of responsibility, the nonprofit sector is an amazing place to grow because there are opportunities to take on as as much as you can, as much as you want, and to really learn and grow quickly. And so I really enjoyed that experience and was able to learn and grow quickly. But I also saw that I needed to get a wider scope of experience and exposure if I wanted to make the impact on the world that I knew that I could. So I stepped into the for-profit sector and I held roles primarily in marketing and PR and events and um, really worked for some incredible brands, including the Lego group. And one of the stories that, I don't know, it's always just fun to share about my time at the Lego group was we would do an annual event at the Javits Center in New York City and it was called the Toy Fair. And the first year that I attended, there was a character parade in the beginning of 
of the the toy fair to launch the 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 event and so you can imagine like the gunned bear and the Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head and all the characters did this parade through the center in order to like you know just have a big fun time together and our model for the Lego brick didn't show up and so I was the newbie <laughs> and got volunteered to to wear the Lego brick costume and be in the character parade. I don't know that this was like a formative experience in in my career, but it certainly has stuck with me. And so I ended up on stage with Whoopi Goldberg (laughs) on The View as the Lego brick at the Javits Toy Fair. And, you know, I, I couldn't talk at all because as a mascot, you don't have mouths. You just kind of have the big white gloves and you dance around. But um, if you saw that episode, that was me. <laughs> That's so classic. And one question I had is I've done work in the, in the like inside of nonprofits as an employee. And then um, we, we do a lot of work with nonprofits, you know, through Better, Faster, Further and some of the coaching and consulting work. And, you know, I do find that the, the, the passion that exists there is kind of what gets a lot of folks through there because it is, it's just really hard work oftentimes for really good causes, really important things. But I find that, you know, nonprofits can benefit from some of the rigor and the hygiene and the discipline and the planning and the structure that goes into for-profits. You know, if you can combine that with a passion, you can really excel. And then the the, the for-profits can learn a lot about what it means to have passion carry you through and to have to work with a diverse set of people and to, you know, build cultures that are kind of like, you know, treat people like, 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 like important assets and critical components as opposed to just like, you know, cost structures and things like that. So I'm curious, you know, in your work with the nonprofits, what would you, like, what were some lessons learned or kind of key things that you extracted from that or benefited from? And, and, and maybe the same question for some of the work in the, in the for-profit. And it sounds like there's more to the story. So I don't want to cut you off. I'm just curious if we, if we timestamped it, what would those takeaways be? Yeah. I mean, it's such a great question. I think that there's so much that the two sectors can learn from each other, as you just shared. And really what it makes me think about is that in the nonprofit sector, I think one of the things that is missing, was missing, and one of the things that I experienced as an emerging leader And when we observe what's happening in nonprofits today still is really this lack of, like you said, kind of rigor and this lack specifically of professional development, leadership development, and supporting the bench of rising leaders. And so we will talk about it a little bit more, but really focusing more on supporting emerging leaders and supporting leaders in general. You know, the the nonprofit sector is made up of 76% women. Not surprising. You know, there's more women kind of the the do good work, but also women carry the brunt of the the caregiving and the the home um, and the work that is related there. And so people are men and women, but especially women are incredibly exhausted and burnt out. And like you said, it is really rigorous work in a different way, you know, really um, work that is so important, but so exhausting. And so I think there can be a lot of lessons learned from just looking at how corporate 
um, some corporate or for-profit companies are resourcing their human resources, resourcing their leaders. And then on the flip side, as you mentioned, I think that there's a lot that for-profit businesses can learn about ensuring that they are supporting humanity beyond just profits, right? And so how can we build businesses that really build a better world? How can we build businesses that are profitable, but also contribute back to positive social impact? And so um, one of the things that I'm doing is creating the impact table. It's a community built for mission-driven women leaders. And as you shared in my intro, I really believe that supported leaders create more effective organizations, healthier families, and thriving communities. And that those leaders can be from nonprofit, CSR, ESG, corporate settings, B Corps. There's so much good work happening in B Corp organizations. Um, Tech for Good is obviously a sector that's really um, kind of up and coming and has the opportunity to make massive impact. So I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> I think there's so much we can learn together. Yeah, I think your your experience and, 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 and you know, it dovetails with mine in general, just around big opportunities for both to learn from each other. And, you know, oftentimes I find in the, in the, in the nonprofit world, you know, it's, it's heavily grant driven. So you've got a lot of people who are like looking for money and having to do two things with, with one, you know, $1. And sometimes in the corporate world, you get more bloat or just, you know, top heavy management stuff and very process driven, but th- there are pros and cons to each. And, and, and the point is not to compare the two, but just, you know, for me having worked inside of nonprofits and now being like a consultant and helping, I, it's really around bringing almost like a performance and outcome-driven mindset to the passion economy that works in those in those organizations. And then on the on the for-profit side, it's like, cool, let's, you know, you need money to like have a business and to drive that business. But when it becomes the sole driver from a cultural standpoint, it, you know, you end up creating cultures that people don't want to be a part of. And so how, how do you, how do you, you know, continue to leverage that in meaningful ways. And obviously if, if, if we can be making decisions that impact, you know, the world in positive ways, then, then amen to that. So tell us, uh, uh, just l- let's go one, one more step around kind of the formation and, and, and impetus for the, the impact table. How'd that come about? And, and tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So after performing as the Lego brick. (laughs) There's many more years after that, but I've spent the past year at the intersection, the past 10 years, excuse me, at the intersection of technology and social good. So I worked within a larger tech corporation building two tech platforms that help thousands of individuals to really find their passions and raise hundreds of millions of dollars for important causes. And you may actually be familiar with the model during this time, just given all of the endurance um, running and um, athleticism that you guys are connected to, both of these platforms really focused on supporting, as I mentioned, individuals find their passions. And a lot of times that would be running for a good cause. And so the first company that that I helped to build and, and grow was a company called Everyday Hero. And we helped people to essentially, you know, if you're raising, if you're running a marathon, you can do that for the cause of your choice. And then you go and you raise, you know, $5,000, $10,000, whatever your your personal goal is to support any cause, you know, one of the 1.3 million nonprofits in, in the country. And so spent about 10 years building those businesses 
doing some really cool events. The, I think my favorite was the Hood to Coast. Hood to Coast is a relay from Mount Hood to the coast in Portland or in Oregon. And you do a relay with 12 people. And I think it's 195 miles altogether. Although it's, it is, you split, <laughs> you split the, the relay. So I certainly did not run 195 miles, but you know, you cover that as a team, which of course is an incredible thing. And so our plot, our tech technology, our platform supported the fundraising arm of that event. And then of course our whole team went out for multiple years and ran in the event and supported the cause. And, um, at the time they were raising funds for a handful of charities, but in particular, the Providence Cancer Center. And so I think they raise about a million dollars a year. And that was an incredible event to be a part of and, and really to help people to not only connect to their, their passion and in, in running, or in this case, you know, working as a team to get to a goal, but also um, making a meaningful difference for people. So did that for the past 10 years. And, you know, then earlier this year, as many of us have been doing, I really kind of stopped and I paused and I thought about, you know, where am I? What do I want to be doing in, in this world with this life, with my time? And earlier this year, I decided it was time for a change. And I took some time to reset and refresh and then hopped right back in with a fire to help to build more businesses that help humanity. So it's been an interesting year, a really powerful year. Um, you know, that's included teaming up with incredible people like Jeremy on projects that I believe in, like what we're bringing to life in Baja this winter that we'll talk a little bit more about later, and then also building and launching the impact table. And I have a vision of creating the largest and most impactful network of women powering social good. And it's been really exciting so far, really amazing to see the support from the community and the need in the sector, in the space, in the social impact space for programming like this. And, um, you know, we're just getting started, but it's it's been really exciting so far. That's so cool. And I, I, I want to get these other gentlemen's voice going in here, but the, um, you know, our audience, as far as the podcast is concerned, has been, um, you know, majority female and and like we didn't design that it's just it seems to be like some level of engagement or interest there and then you know Adam and I are both fathers to daughters I have three kids two of them my, my two oldest are are, 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 are female and, and uh, Adam has one but it's just interesting to like think about the role that uh, women play in the decision making process in work and at home. I, I don't know the right term, but almost like the moral obligation societally that comes with that, at least in the U.S., and the responsibilities that come with that. And that, that for some folks, not all, but like the maternal drive to be an amazing mom and an amazing spouse and an amazing partner and an amazing businesswoman and exercise and, you know, look good with the girlfriends. And it's just, it's, it's pretty amazing. And um, my, my wife and I owned a baby store in downtown Mill Valley for a long time. And that was right when we were having our, our first two daughters. And I just remember very viscerally how intense it was. Like when she was at the store, oftentimes with our two daughters, like one in a crib and one, you know, one cruising around, like she felt like she wasn't being a great mom, but was needing to be a business owner. And then when we're at home doing, you know, kid stuff, feeling like you should have been at work, being a better 
you know, CEO and business owner. And there's that tug of war that just very clearly exists. And, and when your kids are young, that's one thing, but then there's just all the other stuff that goes into it. And so I guess that's my own long winded way of just saying, you know, I think that the more engagement, the more founders, the more women we have in STEM projects, the more uh, females and women we have in government and, and, and stuff, just better decisions get made. And we have been a very male-driven society in a lot of those arenas for a long time. And, and for better or worse, it got us to where we are. But the, you know, the future is definitely more female than it has been in, in, in regards to businesses, I feel. And I, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, honestly, as a mom of two young kids, my pause tactically looked like about six or eight weeks of really just, I, I can, don't have a better word except just pause and, and intentionally being present, not in a work setting. And it, it was over the summer. And so we did a lot of adventures as a family. We, we have a camper van. It was one of the things that we, um, that we decided to go for when we moved from Marin County up to gold country. And so we took the, the van out a lot to, you know, spots in nature where we could just stay and, you know, be by the river or, um, just kind of reset and, and check out, check, uh, like get offline for a little while. Uh, but I will say my friend Kristen said to me pretty quickly after I started my pause, as I was sharing with her, some of the ideas I was having and some of the things that I was doing, she said, well, you didn't take a very long break, didn't you? <laughs> or did you? And so um, I think naturally I'm not one to really pause for a long time, but I will say that it was the first time in at least a decade. We have two small kids and then I have two older kids from my husband's previous marriage that are with us full time. And so I've been parenting for nearly a decade as well. And it was the first time in as long as I can remember that I didn't feel torn in two. I didn't feel like I needed to be in two places at, at one time. I didn't feel like I had to, as you had mentioned, Reagan, like I had to be, you know, on for this group of people who were relying on me and on for my children and my family. I just felt present and I felt whole and I felt um, intentional about, about protecting that. And since then, I've been really intentional about designing a life that will allow me to continue to, to stay in that place of feeling not so fragmented and not so torn in multiple um, pieces or like pulled in multiple directions. And, and what was the impact to, to sort of your professional journey, that pause, that presence that, you know, it almost sounds like you were able to create some harmony between your professional life and your personal life. Um, and I'm just curious, like what, what the impact has been going forward? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, you know, so here's what I believe is, that, or here's what I know is that there's research out of Stanford that, that tells us that we think about 60,000 thoughts a day and that 90% of those thoughts are just repeated thoughts. Do more, do more, do more. Uh, all those things. And what I know is that when we don't disrupt those thoughts, we just keep thinking those same thoughts. And so I believe that the impact has been that I was able to pause, to evaluate what those thoughts were, and to start to re, like you said, reinvent or re re envision what thoughts I wanted to be using every day, and then start to design 
uh, a way of working, a way of thinking, um, a way of being that is supportive to, to me and to my family and I think to the greater good. And so without that pause... I think I just would have kept on going. You know, we're so attracted to this idea of do more, build more, achieve more. And without intentionally pausing, at least for me, being a high achiever and being someone who really enjoys the experience of, of work and enjoys the experience of, of building and accomplishing, I think it, it takes over. And so the outcome has been really just more clarity around what is important how do I want to be using my time? How do I want to be, be um, using my energy? And then I think the greater impact of that is I believe that when we are really connected to our kind of unique purpose, our, our unique energy, our unique life source, that life force, that we can be so much more powerful in our outcomes. And so what, what effort used to, the effort that used to give me maybe you know, a hundred percent after effort for 30% outcome. Now I feel like a hundred percent effort is giving me a hundred percent plus outcome. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think what the four of us share on, on, on this conversation is that we work with people who have a hard time hitting the pause button. You know, probably a lot of our clients, a lot of our friends, our colleagues, maybe even people in our family are just high achieving, high performing people. And, and the idea of you know, going slow to go fast or, or just hitting the pause button, you know, only to come out the other side with, you know, a better uh, awareness of who they are as a person, you know, a better delivery of work product, and, you know, just an overall improvement in life. I think that's a very hard concept for people to get their, their head wrapped around. And I, so it's interesting to hear you talk about it. I mean, you're, you're sort of living proof and it's very recent. So it's, it's nice to hear your that presence um, had such a profound impact on you. It's all, I mean, if it sounds very transformational and it also sounds like nothing, like there was no sacrifice. There was no lost, you know, for those of you out there who measure your life by a checklist, there's no lost productivity there. You know, there's no lost, you know, production of work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely true. I will say there have been sacrifices, right? Certainly stepping away from the corporate role, I sacrificed that that security, that stability of a, a really... Um, I'd worked a long time, you know, I shared a little bit about my background. And so I'd worked a long time to climb this corporate ladder and to be earning multiple six figures. And, you know, like I, I achieved the thing. And then I realized that, you know, that's not what was important. And I'll also share that, you know, it was really scary. It was really scary to step away from that stability and step away from that, that type of security, that financial security. And it took this really big leap of faith to know that, that I would be okay and that there would be new opportunities for me to design this life and, um, and earn a really abundant living. And so, Certainly there was sacrifice in kind of stepping away from that security, but in terms of productivity, in terms of meaningful outcomes, I don't think there has been any sacrifice whatsoever and actually believe there's been far more benefit than there has been, you know, reduction in, in productivity or outcomes or anything like that. Well, and it's cool because you definitely, you know, I, I can only assume, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you get to go to bed at night now having like this clarity of mission and then the fact like, 
one of the things I enjoy the most about the work we do is, is literally going to bed and knowing that you like helped make better leaders, better teams, you know, you, you've, you've put a positive dent in the universe somehow. And, um, money can't replace that in any way, shape or form. So I'm hoping that by you making this transformation, you're then getting the ability to do the same for other people, which then do the same for other people. And now everybody's going home to be better family people and better business owners and more connected to their passions and and their missions. And I mean, again, that's kind of the ripple effects that, you know, if a butterfly flaps its wings, like, here we go. So that that's, that's exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear kind of what comes next. And it sounds like you're, you're in the beginning of that journey. So m- many, much more to come. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, for the past 10 years in the company that I was working for, we did have a for purpose an on purpose mission. And so I did feel connected to this idea of the fact that I was doing good in the world, but there's this really interesting nuance of, Today, I feel very aligned with this is my purpose in this season, and this is my gift and what I'm able to give to this world in this season that's really unique to me and that isn't, you know, part of another culture, isn't part of another person's dream. It's really this unique voice that's coming from within me, which I think is perhaps what we share as entrepreneurs. And um, I've always been very entrepreneurial, but I've never been an entrepreneur. So this part of the experience is really powerful and really beautiful to be able to to start to experience. Well, I, that's amazing and super proud of you for making the leap and, and burning the ships, as they say, and 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 diving, diving, you know, head first, feet first into it all. And you know, also the ability to find like-minded people, maybe even serendipitously, that have similar passions and, and where your your goals can align and you can augment each other's skills and weaknesses. And, you know, I know just from our, you know, our discussions with Jeremy, he's really fired up about what, what you two have going on. And, and I love it when one plus one equals three, you know, it just, it's that additive piece. And for as entrepreneurial as we all are and can be when you can when you can do it as a team or in a partnership it's just huge so i'm excited to hear more about what what you two have have going on what's in store what's coming down the pike and 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 what the what the future looks like for you thanks for being here everyone at better faster further we specialize in helping leaders teams and organizations maximize peak performance our goal as a business is to help build organizations that execute effectively to create high-performing teams, and to help leaders bolster their overall capacity. We're unique and we're different. Our real-world, in-the-trenches experience comes from building and scaling teams and companies of all sizes. When you partner with Better Faster Further, you're not going to get a recent MBA graduate. What you will get is a team with decades of experience coming from industry veterans, academics, and leaders who have been in the most critical roles of startups, growing companies, and enterprise titans. Not only do we make recommendations, but we roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty right next to you. We truly believe that organizations are at the epicenter of social change. And by creating positive shifts within those organizations, we create ripple effects that have profound and lasting impacts on communities and society at large. If you want to become a more effective leader, if you want to create a high-performing team, or if you need to scale your company in ways that will stand the test of time, then Better, Faster, Further is for you. Visit our website at betterfasterfurther.com or email us directly at 
bff at betterfesterfurther.com. Thanks for your time. Now let's get back to our discussion. May I share a quick little piece, a little, a little tiny insider experience about Marcy? I think you'll love it. So, so we, we, we already said, you know, we, we met after we moved. Right. And, and she started everything that she's just described today. And she started this program. We actually, she, she, she introduced me to this place, this co-working space called Granite City Coworking. That's in Folsom, California. And I've since joined there. Thanks to Marcy. There's tons of great people, entrepreneurs and so forth that are working. There's a really great energy, beautiful space. And Marcy said, look, I'm, I'm creating a bunch of programming there for entrepreneurs who want to make a better, a bigger impact. And so I'm wondering if you'd be interested in being a part of a group coaching program there. It's the first time it's ever happened there. And this was actually the first, and I said, yes. And then Marcy and I created it. And it was the first time we'd worked together. And so we're doing our thing. And I can't remember if it was like eight weeks, Marcy, or 12 weeks or something like that, or sessions. And we come up on this one that we had scheduled for a while that was all going to be about mindset, right? And we're there and everybody there is an entrepreneur. And we decide to lead this one off where Marcy is going to kick us off with a meditation. And let me just tell you something. (laughs) Everything changed. The group coaching went from like pretty good and lots of nods and people giving good feedback and high fives and thank yous to like in their blood. Everything changed from the way that Marcy, using that word pause, got us to pause not only just on our day or in our interactions in that moment or in bigger picture, our our coaching program that we were a part of and even more got them to really pause to, to really stop and think about what they're doing, what they wanted to come out of that moving forward. And on just a fun note, we, were, we all got out of that. We had like tingles and we had tears and it was like, oh my God. And like, Marcy, your voice is so incredible. Like I literally want a Marcy app so I can listen to you. Can I start my day every day that way? That was, that was ridiculous. Please record that. But, but in all seriousness, she was, she was, she was so helpful and she has spent her career, as she explained, helping people. And I think the four of us here right now on this podcast, that's a through line. Like we are, our, our lives, our professional careers you know, we're helpful, hopefully, as parents and as partners, but as professionals, our job is, you know, the better, the more helpful we are, the better we are at helping people, that becomes our impact. And the more successful our businesses become and the more we enjoy our days and the more probably, you know, purpose we feel about doing that, which kind of adds more fuel to wanting to show up, you know, the next day and 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 for year and year, year and year after that. So I just wanted to mention that. And then and then, and, I, and I'm not getting away from Regan, what you mentioned about what, what we're collaborating on, but one other part that comes up with entrepreneurs that I notice all the time is whether I'm um, aware enough to sort of bring it up sometimes, or <laughs> most of the time it's, it comes up naturally or they bring it up. Is, but when they tap back into how their company helps or what their company helps with, whether they're solving a problem, I have a client who owns a big security company, they're helping 
ease anxiety and reduce anxiety for all sorts of other businesses and human experiences, customers, and so forth. That's what they're doing. You have another person, Megan Phillips, you had on your podcast before, right? She is helping one company after another tell their story right? Which is so critical to them. So when, when they're tapped back into helping people in that way, they get reinvigorated, which then has all sorts of, like you mentioned, these ripple effects of productivity, being more clear about where they should spend their time and their money and so forth. So before I start to ramble too much, that's one of the other pieces that I think that helping piece. And I just noticed that when people are tapped into that, that what they're helping, how they're helping, et cetera, that just tends to become social impact or environmental impact or impact in a certain way. And, and I think that when we're doing that, when we're tapped into that, it's kind of an all boats rise situation. And it's, it's um, really, really incredible work. So I just wanted to share that about Marcy specifically. That was something that was really incredible. Um, and if anybody who's listening to this is, I'm sure, really fascinated, Marcy, about you and your story and and who you are and what you're doing, I would just encourage you sort of dive into the Marcy verse a bit. Find her, 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 all of her links and all that stuff. Have conversations with her because if this is, uh, if this is, um, you know, turning on some lights for you, whoever you are listening to this, then then that's probably somewhere related to that impact piece. Well, thank you, Jeremy. And thanks for reminding me of that experience and sharing about it. And, you know, most of us spend more time caring for our material goods, our material possessions than we do caring for or thinking about our our mental well-being or our spiritual well-being. And I think meditation for me, as we, we as you as we think about, you know, what did that pause look like and um, what does the pause look like? For me, meditation has become a really powerful practice that I, I infuse into my life every day. And for a long time, I was meditating, you know, five minutes a day and like just kind of like like tense through it all, like white knuckling through my meditations. And then I found guided meditation and I've been working with a guided meditation teacher for several months, actually just about the time that I left my, my role and guided meditation has become such a powerful transformative practice for me because I'm not white knuckling it and it lasts for far longer than, than five minutes. And so in that session that day that Jeremy had mentioned, I began to share what was shared with me as you talked about Reagan earlier, the ripple effect. And it was actually a really powerful experience for me as well to be able to share this guided meditation with the people in this room. And it was so powerful that as Jeremy mentioned, you know, we all walked out just completely different than how we had entered that room. And so I would encourage, you know, anyone who's listening or if you feel drawn to this idea of meditation but maybe have struggled with it the same way that I did is finding something that works for you. And guided meditation for me has been so, so helpful because we need to care for our spiritual well-being. We need to care for that kind of essence of our humanity that, you know, we often forget about in, in our work or in our very busy lives, as we talked about. Um, and actually, as a segue into what we're, we're building and what we're doing in Baja, we certainly are creating a space and a container where we will 
set a vision and create a plan for 2024, but we're also going to work in some of these other kind of non-traditional practices like meditation, like mindset work, because we know that leaders and business owners and human beings perform so much better when we can really tap into the power of, of what we have to give internally. That's awesome. No, that's super cool. And I, I um, have been in, th- you know, through fits and bursts of, of, of meditating on, on regularly, right? So it comes and goes for me a bit more. And, and it's really where I place my intention. But we, we did quite a bit of work a, a while ago in the early days of Headspace. And it was really interesting to work with that team and begin to kind of absorb some of their, their ethos. And, and um, But the point I want to make is just that guided meditation was huge for for me as well, just to be able to like, it's like in a different way, but showing up at the gym and just having the trainer do all the thinking for you, you can kind of just let go and let that be literally your guide. And it, 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 it makes that so much more accessible, I think, for, for many people. For others, maybe a, a turnoff just to have somebody else's voice in your brain. But I, I found that immensely helpful. And I've never meditated and been bummed that I did it. You know what I mean? Like you wish you wish you did it more, but when you do it, you never regret it. Uh, it's just like that's just a, a fact for me. So, um, well, let's hear more about what you what you do have on store coming down, uh, up in Baja. What 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 is it? What's the impetus and, and kind of what what's the programming? What can folks expect? Yeah, so we're hosting a private three day immersive retreat for business leaders and their families. This January, from January 2nd to January 20, uh, January 4th, not 24th, that would be a really long time, <laughs> January <laughs> 2nd to 4th, and um, we are hosting this retreat in El Pescadero in Baja, California, Sur, and really what we're building is um, a really intentional space for guests to be a part of a small group of incredible minds, and those minds will be in- experienced entrepreneurs, business leaders, creative professionals. And together, we'll really start the year off right by knowing what you want to have and what you want to achieve and then having a solid plan to make it real. And so our intention, and Jeremy can share more about actually Baja and what that experience looks like, but our intention is really to gather in an epic place for a one-of-a-kind experience that includes three powerful half-day working sessions designed to thoughtfully wrap up 2023, create a vision and goals and plans for 2024. And really, it's that opportunity to pause. Like that's what we've been talking about this whole time. You know, it's really that opportunity to stop and to control alt delete on the system you know the hard wire system in your brain of 70 thoughts a thousand thoughts a day and to really reset so that you can leave clear and focused and primed to make 2024 your best year yet and what's really important to us is creating a container that will allow our guests to really go deep around what is truly important and so Day one is built to reflect on where you've been and where you are. Day two is really built to get clear on where you want to go and why. And day three is to, is designed to map out how you're going to get there. 
So I'll let Jeremy share a little bit more about what that experience will look and feel like. But the one th- more thing that I'll add is just, you know, we'll really create space for thoughtful and reflective inquiry through structured exercises, through one-on-one and group coaching. And then again, as I mentioned before, working in some of those non-traditional practices like meditation and mindset work. And we know that through that experience, along with a lot of fun outside of those morning sessions, that we will all leave, every single person who attends, including Jeremy and I, will walk away feeling refreshed and really with a clear purpose as we as we step into 2024. That's awesome. And Jared, just before you dive in there, one thing we found in, in just our work in general is, you know, we do very similar programming for oftentimes intact teams or senior leader groups or executive teams. And, you know, we find that A, creating that forcing function is is good and the more conducive an environment you can create the better and oftentimes we have to like forcibly rip people away from work we'll go stay in resorts we'll get them to other states we're like get as far away from your office or your day-to-day routine oftentimes these teams want to do it in their office with a whiteboard but you're you're you, you think the same ways when you go to work the same ways and so i i, I love the idea that this is in you know probably 99 percent of the people have never been to Baja, let alone, you know, where you guys are going. So that environment gets you thinking in different ways. And then to have some structure and kind of a, a, an organic forcing function to get you a to reflect teams don't do that individuals don't do that. It's like task to task, project to project, plan to plan, execution, to execution, and to be able to take that pause, as you say, zoom out, look at the big picture, you know, assess kind of how did it go? What do I want to hold on to? What do I need to let go of from a mindset standpoint, from a behavior standpoint? And then going into kind of what you alluded to, the agenda around day two is like, okay, now what do I want my future to look and sound and feel like? And actually really think about it. I think 90% of people think they know what they want in life and they they freaking don't. Like it's really shallow. And that's not a critique as much as we just don't take the time to really think about what, like, if I had a magic wand, what would my life look like by the end of next year? And if you really get at that, and then you can start to, like you say, pack and plan accordingly. And that that's awesome. So, Jared, tell, tell us more just about that that stuff. I just want to segue that we, we do this very similar for, you know, uh, intact teams and, 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 and startup teams and executive teams. It's just proven to be so impactful, but you literally have to force people to go to a different location talk about, you know, what's working and not working as a team and then make these make these strong commitments. And if you make a public declaration about something you're going to do different, you're like 75% more likely to follow through than you just telling yourself you're going to do something. Yeah, hopefully when people leave Baja, they don't uh, feel guilty. They they feel inspired like I just spent all this time and money, I have to make this happen, you know? But um yeah, no, you know, a lot of where this came from personally was I could show you probably 20 filled, 17 or 18, we'll say, filled journals uh, in my home office. And from the time I was in college, I would just write out every single thought I had. And then it turned into like, what do I want to make happen? And how am I going to do this? And why, what am I repeating? And all the things, right? And something that just kind of started to come up naturally, probably about 10, 12 years ago was at the end of the year, I felt this big need to kind of capture everything that just happened. What just happened? And I would literally go, I'd pull out calendars and I'd go January, February, I'd go all the way through and I'd write down like, here's the things that were awesome. 
oh, and there, here's the stack of things that were just terrible. And what was on me? What was on the world? Like all of that stuff. And then I would start to say, okay, that, that's great. What do I want this year to look like? Right. And so that was like a really rough, like no training way of just doing it because I felt like I needed it. And then I started to share that experience with coaching clients and all of them responded like, absolutely. Hell yes. Can we please do that? So at first it was really raw. And then I started to sort of refine what that process looks like. Now that process has boiled down to like three sessions over three weeks, which the actual amount of time is pretty, pretty small, but that's over three weeks and so forth. And what I found, like you were saying, Regan is what's even better than that being really immersed, like getting, getting out of these one-on-one coaching sessions where it's in a zoom or it's in somebody's office or wherever it is. And oftentimes I'll take, as you guys know, I'll take people out on the trail. I'll take them to Lake Tahoe. I'll say, let's get out. Let's not be in your work clothes. Let's be just like, let's sit on the dirt. Let's look out somewhere and let's start to think differently where your phone's not around and your next appointment isn't in your, in your head, et cetera. Well, doing this in Baja is just a massive extension of that, right? So this place is 45 minutes north of Cabo San Lucas. It's on the Pacific Ocean. It kind of looks like Malibu South, if you will, just big, wide beaches. You have the desert and mountains that are like 7,000, 8,000 foot peaks that go right down to just desert and then right to the ocean. So you can just, just Google El Pescadero and you'll be all over it. Whoever's listening to this is going, yep, 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 guaranteed because they they know it, they love it. A lot of people know Cabo, of course, but then there's Todos Santos. That's about five miles or seven miles to the north of that. It's a beautiful oasis town. So I stumbled across this place uh, through my stepmom about seven years ago when she moved and retired there, have fallen in love with it, and have done that process that I described by myself there on the beach multiple times. So but this group setting, this will be the first time that Marcy and I collaborate on doing that exact thing in that format, in that location. And so we expect people to go down there, be super focused, but not in an intense way, not like here's focus time and set your iPhone for 45 minutes of focus time. <laughs> There's none of that. It is really authentic. Like your feet are in the sand or you're, on, you're in some space that is really comfortable, very relaxed, and you are guided through this experience of saying, okay, what just happened to your year? What was it in your business? What happened that you loved, et cetera? Like the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it. Very, very, very thorough capturing all of that. If they went home after that, it would have been well worth the trip, like if that's all it was. But obviously we're going deeper, like Marcy said, Sort of day two is where we get into, okay, that's great. Now let's get really clear. And my sense or my experience leading into my sense of how this will work this January is that that's where the magic happens because we start to question like, oh, this is what you really want? Why? What's that all about? That seems like a lot of effort. You're going to dedicate a year of your own life and maybe like 50 people at your company are going to be dedicated to doing that. How much time is that going to take? How much money is that going to cost, right? And where is that coming from? And this is where people start to get real. Like, you're right. Wow, I don't know. It's just, I, I kind of didn't want to create a new budget. 
So that's why I'm doing this, you know, or I don't want to have to rethink my staff plan or my company culture, or maybe even do we, what are our office space look like our products or our services change? I, it's just kind of rolling. So let me just keep going. And so some people are going to get very bold and scrap a lot of things that are really not serving them financially, mentally, or the culture of their company. And that's where we, that leads into day three. It's like, okay, you're clear now, or at least you're clear in this moment. How are you actually going to make this happen? And really working through, like Regan, you mentioned the personal trainer, like you don't have to think as much at that point. Now we're going to help prompt all of that. So everybody will show up with what they've always done and they're going to leave with something very new for them. And hopefully they leave with that going, hell yes, not only am I clear, but I'm really excited about this. And more than just being excited, I actually have tools. Like I have a compass. I'm going in that direction and I know why I'm going there. And I'm, I'm, I'm set up on my resources. I know how long it's going to take me. I have a really good idea of who's going to be involved. And again, how that's going to actually happen. So that's, that's kind of the, how it came about. And that's, that's, how, that's how it's going to unfold. But I guess last thing to add on that is that area is incredible. And so there are people who are going to come down with their families and have a great family trip and they're going to be surfing and they're going to have margaritas and they're going to be whale watching and they're going to release baby turtles back out into the ocean. You know, they're going to do all that. And there's other people that are going to come down by themselves, a solo entrepreneur who wants to like ride quads out into the desert or go for a morning run by themselves or that, that, that like, sunset surf session or whatever that might be. So the place itself has so much to be enjoyed. The people are incredible. It's really easy to get to just logistically. There's so many places to stay anywhere from like, you know, tiny little VRBO Airbnbs to just like incredible homes and resorts and things like that as well. So it's really, I, I mean, and I think there's something for everybody and, uh, and, you know, I think you get a sense of Marcy and I, we're going to absolutely do our best to just deliver all over the place. So people go home and just say, you know what, it's on the calendar for next year. No question. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you. And, 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 and Marcy, I'll let you weigh, weigh in on that. I just have a mental picture of like, you know, even, even me being there and it, it, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a reality. I'd love to get the family and, and, and stuff down there as well. But that, that is a, it's a special spot. And again, just the ability to like hit. 2024 in a meaningful way like there's something to be said for the calendar year 2023 closing you're through the holidays kids are going to like go back to school you know life's going to get busy again we're going to ramp back up and for all that to kind of happen right in this window of time and to be able to i like how you've structured it in that it's there is structure to it but there's also big unbound you know components in the day where folks can go do whatever they need to. Some people just need to read a book and do nothing. Others, you know, like myself have a hard time just sitting there still and not doing that. We'll need to be out, you know, surfing or playing, which is, which is super cool. Reagan, we absolutely would love for you to be there. And Adam, we'll try to rally you there too. And maybe for any of your listeners, we can do a meet and greet for you guys. (laughs) 
<laughs> once we're all there in Baja, you'll do surfing lessons with um, Reagan and Adam. and <laughs> be awesome. But what I was going to say was um, I just wanted to double click on something that Jeremy said around getting that annual pl- planning motion isn't we believe it's not just about refreshing the slides from last year, right? I mean, anyone anyone can do that. Maybe that resonates with folks of like how they've done it before. You know, it's not just about setting annual goals, goals that mirror and kind of create a moderate improvement from year over year. We, Jeremy and I, geek out about this all the time that, you know, we believe in order to be effective, you've got to go way deeper than that. And Jeremy touched on this around really giving yourself that that time, the container, the space to identify what's important and to explore the reasons behind why you have particular desires or objectives or goals and to really challenge yourself to think about the why behind it. And then when you're able to approach it in that way, that's where the power lives. And when you step into clarity and conviction that that elevates who you are and you understand the why of why you're doing these things, you show up differently, your confidence to go after big goals changes, the courage to step away from things that don't serve you shows up. And so that's really the the work and the container that we're creating is, you know, not just slapping some slides together to share with the team, but really getting clear on what is the why behind why we're, why this is even important. It's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. And I, I, again, I think, you know, I have no doubt it'll be, it'll, it'll, it'll go really well. And, and there's benefits in creating that cohort and that community and that, you know, that group of people. And sometimes those are connections that last, you know, a lifetime. And, um, but I mean, even at minimum, if, if somebody commits to just participating in that forcing function, the ability to reflect, there's tons of lessons learned in the ability to just reflect on what's working and what's not. And then the ability to like articulate, I had, I had a coaching session this morning with a client and a lot of our dialogue is around some of the things that she's like running from, like, like I'm doing this cause I don't want that bad thing to happen. And it's like, I'm, I, I, we're working on getting her to a place where it's like, no, you, you, you don't want to be running from something. You want to be running towards something. Like, what is the, what is that pot of gold? What's that beacon on top of the mountain? What's the challenge or goal you want to attain? And it shifts your whole mindset and it shifts your behaviors and it shifts how you show up. Like if you're operating from a place of fear or afraid of losing something or, wanting to hold on to something too tight, it, 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 it puts these demands on you that, that kind of present themselves in very strange ways. Whereas if you want to cl- summit Everest or start a business or, you know, change the dynamics you have with your family, like just the ability to frame that into like the positive. And then I think kind of the key here is people have great freaking ideas. People are total freaking wimps when it comes to executing against whatever ideas they have. And I think that that is then doubled on that we're really good at lying to ourselves, myself included. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, yep, we're going to do that. And then like the day slips away. I'm like, eh, you know, I'll just get to it tomorrow. But like, if you sit down and I tell the four of you, the three of you, like, hey, dude, by tomorrow, I'm going to do this thing. Again, I'm just, there's like positive social pressure. And when you're, you're framing about something you really deeply want or want to achieve or care about, and you build a plan around it. I mean, that, those are the ingredients to be successful in whatever you do. And th- the other thing I'll say is like, you know, a lot of our backgrounds have these athletic, you know, components to them. And maybe we'll, we'll, we'll pick on Adam just for a second. But like, 
when you put a stake in the ground and you're like, by this date, I'm going to go run this race, it shifts all your decision making. And as that date gets closer, like it's like a test. You can choose to cram the night before and you may get lucky, but you probably won't. Right. So like you got to study in bite-sized doses beforehand. But if you're going to do a big running race, you start to exercise in different ways. You start to eat in different ways. You start to optimize sleep. You, you make trade-offs in different ways, but it's because you kind of have your eyes on this bigger picture. If you don't have that goal or that stake in the ground or that whatever desired outcome, and most people don't, they go to work because they always go to work. They attend meetings because they always attend meetings. They, and years slip by and then you look yourself in the mirror and you literally don't recognize yourself. You're pre-diabetic. You're 25 pounds overweight. You're, you're, you've lost your muscle mass. You're not happy. You got paid a couple hundred thousand dollars and it's not fulfilling. You're like, and I, I really do think that people in, you know, speaking in broad general terms, like we lose our why all the time. Like, why does any of this matter? Why am I doing this? And then it shows up in weird ways. We, we get stuck in social media. We're distracted with our kids our business is good, but it's not great. My health is good enough, but not great. And, and you end up in this like purgatory of, of mediocrity. And I, I, I find that that's a, where a lot of people live. And I think it takes being able to shake stuff up, have some accountability, think really hard about the things that you want, and, and then to have a plan. And I think really, that's really what this is all about. Like you guys are helping people by putting some structure and tangibility to them making a plan and then and then helping them kind of be inspired to 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 achieve it and have some accountability around it super cool for anybody who's listening that um might be thinking that yeah yeah, baja sounds great uh i can't get to the beach sorry uh i've got kids or i don't have the kind of money to do that or you know whatever the, the i just my i can't get my passport in time all those things are real um so Putting that to the side and sort of recognizing that for a second, what we just described is something that you can do on your own. So like really think about this and it doesn't have to be complicated at all. Literally a three-step process. So if, if you're serious about that, if you're attracted to it, do that on your own, right? Just literally capture the year that just happened for yourself. Then step two, get try to get as clear as you possibly can about what it is that you want coming forward ideally, like, like Regan said, it, it tends to work really well. If you're, it's something that you're attracted to versus something you're trying to get away from, uh, both, both can work though. Um, but it feels a little better to be inspired towards something you really want the carrot instead of the stick, of course. And then the last piece, like, okay, great. So how do I think I'm going to make this happen? Like w- what tools are available to me? What does the time look like? Does it cost something? What can I make happen this year? And if obviously you could s- extend that out. So that's just a simple three-step process you can absolutely do with a crayon and a piece of paper. And if you do that first step, you have separated yourself absolutely from, I would venture to say, probably 200 million people in this country on their own, um, waste, let alone if you follow it, right? And then on top of that, for no money at all, you could reach out to Marcy or I and just express your interest and say, I heard that. Can we have a conversation about what that looks like? Maybe digging in a little bit deeper. You know, Baja, again, the beach sounds amazing. I love the pictures and whales and turtles, but I just can't get there for lots of reasons. But reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation with you. We have conversations with individuals and teams constantly to do this exact same thing. So I just wanted to, to share that.
I love that. And and so, you know, maybe to that to that end, and Marcy, maybe we can start with you. Where do people go? How do they learn more about each of you as individuals and then more about the event, the the, the best year yet? So the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. And so you can find me, just search for Marcy Versola. I'm the only one. <laughs> I actually searched this morning. Uh, just to be clear, her name is spelled M-A-R-S-S-I-E and Versola, V-E-R-S-O-L-A. It's a unique name, but it, it sounds like you're the only one out there. So if they get it even remotely close, they're going to find you. Perfect. And even if you just search my first name, I found there's only seven of us on LinkedIn and only two of us in the United States, which fun fact of the day, learned that today. Also, friend requested the other Marcy, so that was exciting today. Um, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. You can also learn more about the impact table at impacttable.com. Beautiful. And Jared, what about yourself and then the event itself? Thank you. You mentioned the show notes. I'm sure there'll be some links in there for that. We'll we'll make sure to to have a link to to our event in Baja. There, um, you can go to runningwatercoaching.com. You'll find my connections to uh, links to LinkedIn and and this event and everything else as well. That's killer. Well, you guys, this is super cool. I'm excited to get a chance to catch up with each of you individually and collectively after the event. Hopefully we get to do so many times prior to the event and would love to help support, you know, each of you and the event any way we can. So just continue to keep us posted. And we will, as Adam alluded to share a lot of this in the show notes, but again, we, we, we can't thank you enough. It's you guys are doing great work in the world and, and continue to, to support the communities that, that we love to support. And, um, we will uh, get this out into the uh, the interwebs, if you will, as soon as we possibly can. So excited about that. And if folks have any questions, comments, or feedback, we would love to hear from you. The engagement from our community is awesome. We, we literally review and reply to every email we get from folks and uh, want to continue to make uh, you know this podcast uh, the, the best it can be and, and continue to get amazing guests on there. But if, if folks um, have questions or comments about anything that we do and or need connected to Marcy and or Jeremy, happy to make those those connections and, and those warm leads. So don't hesitate to reach out. But um, thank you so much. And Adam, closing thoughts from you, my friend. Man, so many thoughts. But I would I, I think let's just keep it simple. For, for any of you out there who are listening and considering the work that these folks are talking about, I would just say one thing. Just commit to the process and be consistent. It doesn't have to be huge things that you do every single day to work towards something. It can be very small, simple actions. Just commit and keep it simple and be consistent. That, that's it. That's the magic. That's awesome. Well, Marcy, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to interact with you virtually and look forward to doing so in person at some point very soon. Jeremy, always a pleasure. You've got great energy and we'll continue to, to, to stay connected. But thank you both for your time. Have uh, an awesome day and we will connect on the flip side. Thanks for joining us today on the Better, Faster, Further podcast. We're honored to have you here and to share these insights, stories, and best practices with you. 100% of our business comes from word of mouth. We focus on delivering their promise, building strong relationships with our clients, and then let the results speak for themselves. If you or someone in your network would benefit from speaking with us directly, please reach out. Our website is betterfasterfurther.com 
and we can be found on LinkedIn. Or you can email us directly at bff at betterfasterfurther.com. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We hope you join us on our next episode. And until then, stay positive. Keep working hard and we'll see you on the flip side.